On today's midweek motivational episode of The Nutrition Couch, I have a fantastic client case study which demonstrates what a weight loss plateau really looks like and how you can work through it to optimize metabolism and get those scales moving again. Hi, I'm Susie Burrell. And I'm Leanne Ward. And each week we bring you The Nutrition Couch, the bi-weekly podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know in the world of nutrition. As well as weight loss plateaus, we are going to share a brand new supermarket cracker that we cannot get enough of, or I should say I cannot get enough of. (laughs) And we revisit a old soup favorite that has multiple health benefits, Leanne. So I thought we got such amazing feedback last week when we had started our new sort of client case study slash success. Now, I think there's nothing better than hearing firsthand what a dietitian does with clients in real life examples, because so much of nutrition is theoretical. You know, we refer to uh, research papers regularly. Often people commentating in the media may not have seen a client for 20 years. It's really different when you're hands-on and both you and I are hands-on clinicians. We see people, real people, real life people for fat loss primarily. My target audience is generally women who are keen to lose weight and may have hormonal disorders. So things like polycystic ovaries, and of course, you have a, a wide range of interests, including um, the gut mind health. Have I said, what have I said? Gut, what do you call it? Lean gut mind method. So fat loss, yes. gut health, emotional <laughs> eating. But yeah, you got there. Yes. So, you know, a really interesting range of presentations because we're seeing, seeing people who have digestive health issues, who have fat loss goals. Um, they may just want to improve their energy. You know, it's it's really interesting stuff. And so I think being able to share firsthand some of those experiences. And of course, what we do is we don't refer to our client Jane, who is 54 and we saw last week. We keep it a bit more general than that. From down the road. (laughs) So um, if my clients are listening, some of it may be from you. It may be a confirmation of those things just to protect people's privacy. But this was something that came up a few weeks ago with one of my clients and it was really interesting. It stood out for me because it just shows what a plateau looks like in real life example. Because often you'll have a client who might have lost a kilo or two and then it stops dropping and they'll think it's a weight loss plateau. And we want to be very clear, a weight loss plateau, really it doesn't happen until you've been on a a journey, a weight loss period for, for several weeks, if not months. And it's where you have a very firm sort of stop with the scales over several weeks. It's not a day or two of no shift on the scales. So I wanted to share this um, example because it's an interesting client in general, as most of my clients are. And I think we can learn a lot from it, particularly if you're finding that things have plateaued out with your own uh, weight loss or healthy eating regime. So the, the client I'm working with had actually previously lost a lot of weight. So I'm talking 30, 40 kilos on her own. And she's in within about 20 kilos of her goal weight loss now. And, and she came to me earlier this year because she needs some help to get past that final hurdle. So that's that quite a common presentation. It might be that someone has had weight loss surgery, a gastric sleeve or a bypass, or they may have previously used one of the newer weight loss medications like Ozempic to kickstart weight loss. And they may have lost a decent amount, and but they're still not quite at their goal weight and they're looking for ways to perhaps come off a different regime get the metabolism going and broaden their their range of food. Because for example, if you've lost a lot of weight using a meal replacement program, you might've lost 20 kilos to reintroduce real food can be tricky and, not, and you need some help with that and to make sure that you don't undo all the hard work you've already done. So my client's done really well. She's already lost almost 10 kilos, as I would expect. She's very compliant, very disciplined, exercises regularly. And then we had a situation and she does, Leanne, weigh herself each day. Now, What I will say is I certainly do not encourage my clients to weigh themselves that frequently. 
I always leave it to the client for themselves to decide if they would prefer to take a weight. Now, some are quite anti-weight and prefer just to do measurements. I do like a weight at some point because, of course, we do need to track progress and that informs us about when we may need to change calorie loads or macronutrients or exercise. But I, at most, encourage clients to weigh twice a week at, at most, start of the week, end of the week, before the weekend, after the weekend. And and there's still anomalies with that, Leanne. You know, I had a client the other day whose scales had, had popped up and she'd had, you know, an Asian soup the night before, which is just packed full of sodium. So I knew it wasn't a real shift. It was more of a fluid gain. So I usually encourage clients to, to do measurements as well as, as a weight. But this client does like to weigh herself each day. She has no issue with it. That's her personal choice. And it became very apparent that it went for a week, two weeks, three weeks with like no change on the scales, which as you can imagine is very disconcerting because all of a sudden you start to lose confidence in what you're doing. You start to question it. And what we had to basically do was get back to basics and to say, right, what variables are going on here with your body that are could be changed or need to change? So the first thing that I would generally look at with clients who had experienced a weight loss plateau, as I did with this client, was really try and tap her food and meal intake with her hunger. Because what we know is that the human body is very, very smart and it gets used to things very, very quickly. So what you may start with hunger every two or three, four hours when you've started on a calorie control program If you suddenly are not getting hungry anymore in between meals, so for example, you have your breakfast and then you don't have any hunger until lunchtime or beyond, or even at dinner, you're not overly hungry, that's not a good sign, Leanne. That tells me that your body has basically got used to what you're doing and it's no longer working as hard as it once did. Because remember, bodies become very efficient. They're smarter than we will ever be. And so what may have worked from a protein level or a carbohydrate level in the morning, so in this case example, my client was having two carbohydrates in the morning and a decent amount of protein. So my feeling was, hmm, something going on with that breakfast because she's not getting hungry two or three hours after breakfast. What is going on? So the first thing I'm looking at is checking with your hunger and less hunger is not a good sign on a weight loss journey. You want to be hungry hunger, not incessant hunger all the time, but certainly three, four hours after you've had a balanced meal, you would expect some sort of rumble in your tummy. So that's the first thing to check. When are you feeling hungry? When are you not? And what could that be suggesting in terms of where we might need to change the nutrients? The next thing I would look at is that, are you eating the same thing every day? So straight away, I was suspicious about what was going on with breakfast because she wasn't feeling hungry like she once was when we started. And when we had a look at her diaries, because I do encourage clients to do food diaries, particularly in the beginning of their program until they build their confidence to track things like hunger. And we've just had some great new research come from CSIRO to show that it is highly predictive of success, both self-weighing and recording food intake to a certain extent. When I looked at, at my client's food diaries, every single day, Leanne, the breakfast was the same. Now, it was a very nutritious breakfast. It was a cereal with high-protein yogurt and berries, nutritionally balanced, 300 calories, 20 grams of protein. But my gut feeling with it was that the body was just used to that and I needed to up change the breakfast around a little bit. So basically, the, the moral of the story is that I convinced her and talked about the different options and said, let's just change that breakfast and increase the amount of protein because we know from evidence that a high protein breakfast can stimulate metabolic rate, particularly in the morning. And I just adjusted that carbohydrate load. So she did get hungry halfway through the morning. So then what I did was added in a small morning snack to try and get the metabolism going. 
And also it came out that she actually hadn't been having afternoon tea because she wasn't feeling hungry. So she cut that out herself. So I put that back in and lo and behold, Leanne, a week later, she's dropped a kilo. So the take-home message is that if you've had a weight loss plateau, first of all, identify that it is a plateau, which means two, three, four weeks without change. Check with your hunger and adjust your food intake accordingly. And if the meals are too small, you need to increase the size. Or Leanne, if they're too big, you might need to make them smaller. Change things around. If you're eating the same thing day in, day out, And the final thing is always check your exercise because the body gets used to heart rates and often people who are plateaued are maintaining with their training and they're not exercising and getting a training effect. So check your heart rate and make sure it's actually getting elevated when you're doing those walks to to kickstart you. And hopefully now we'll get the next 10 kilos off pretty smoothly. Love that. And plateaus are, they're so disheartening. You know, when you're working so hard, when you're sticking to the plan and the scales just aren't dropping, you just think, oh, like, what's the point? Like so many clients want to give up, but I sort of see it as that next little challenge. And I always say to people, you should actually expect a plateau. If you've got more than about probably three to five kilos to lose, particularly when your goals are 10, 20, 30 plus kilos, plateaus will absolutely happen in your journey. So expecting them and knowing how to manage them is really key for success long-term. So I think that's a great little client win for the week, Susie. And then I'm going to kick us over into one of the new product. We're kind of doing a product spotlight of the week. We really do love this brand, Alina's. They do these beautiful seeded crisp bread crackers. Now they retail for about $4 in the supermarket and you get six crackers in there. They're quite large crackers. They're almost like the size of a slice of bread. They're sort of probably one of the biggest crackers on the market, but they just have such a great ingredient list that we really couldn't go past them today. So they're our product spotlight of the week, Susie. So looking at the ingredients, they are 18% wheat flour followed by 10% wholemeal flour. So a really good um, base of sort of fiber to start with. Then we've got 9% sunflower seeds, 6% pumpkin seeds, 3.5% linseeds and some poppy seeds. So a really great mix of fat profile, like healthy fats going in through there. Followed up, we've got some sunflower oil, some oat flakes, some onion powder, salt, yeast, emulsifier, some food acids, some baking rice flour food acid and some raising agents. So just those standard things that you'd see in a biscuit or a cracker, really just to keep it shelf stable and hold everything together. So a very, what you would call clean ingredient list, I guess, for like a commercial shelf available cracker. So I really do like the fat profile through there. Now the average nutrition per serving, so a serving's one cracker. And as I said, it's a decent amount, like if you're only small and you're not really moving and you know, you're know you loading it up with protein and really good toppings, you could probably get away with one. If you're a bit larger, you're a bit more active, a couple of crackers you know, would do you for lunch or you could also use them as a snack. A bit of cottage cheese with some tomato and some cucumber on top would be awesome. So looking at the nutritionals, per serving, per cracker, we've got 540 kilojoules, 4.8 grams of protein, which is actually a decent amount of protein, Susie, in a cracker nearly six grams of fat with only 0.6 of that being saturated fat. So a really nice spread of healthy fats in the cracker. 15 grams of carbohydrate, so equivalent to about a slice of bread, which is what we would expect in a cracker, with only 0.5 grams of that being sugar, two grams of dietary fiber, which is actually pretty good for a cracker. And most of that's coming from a bit of the wholemeal flour and the seeds and 55 milligrams of sodium, which is actually quite low. And I wouldn't really be concerned with that. So I think this is a wonderful product, Susie. It is probably something I would definitely look for on special. Like I wouldn't say it's particularly budget friendly at $4 for a box of six. 
but definitely if I see them on sale, I'd be picking up a couple. Um, what do you think about these crackers? Have you used them for your clients much? Oh, I'm obsessed, Leanne. I'm obsessed and I'm recommending them all the time. They've come down a little bit actually. They used to be $5 a box down to 4 Like in what planet are we living on that crackers are $4 a box? In saying that though, they have got a great profile of seeds in them, which would make the, the good fat really great profile, although they don't list it. I just think four, almost five grams of protein per cracker and, and two grams of fiber, they are so filling. But what I will say is they're absolutely equal to a slice of bread. One is a serve. I have a lot of clients who've been having two and coffee. It's too much. They're very densely. And if I if you eat them too quickly, you'll fully get indigestion. But I love them with salmon, <laughs> goat's cheese, tomato. I can't get enough. But one is equal to a slice of bread. And certainly the the price point will keep the portions controlled. But they are a great product and and more of these sort of really good quality high fiber crackers on the market, the better. But yeah, they're not missing us on the price point. All right. Well, to finish up today, Leanne, a segment that's proven very popular online is our recommendations for recipes or what we're cooking. And I thought at soup season, the temperatures certainly dropped. Um, I know I've been up in Queensland as well. It's been very warm, but back down in Sydney, it's certainly turning a little bit and it's soup season. Now, anyone who's followed my work for a lot of years would know I'm a big fan of what I call the detox soup. Now, It's not a great name, admittedly, but there was a time 10 years ago that it was all about the detox. Now, I actually can't have it anymore because I've overdone it in my life, but it's a great recipe and it's really good if you want to lose fluid. So if you're feeling a bit fluidy or you just want to sort of, you've had a big weekend, feeling a bit gross, it's really great to just strip fluid and load up on veggies because it's so rich in potassium. So it's just a mix of leek, celery, onion to base. It's got canned tomatoes, pumpkin, and I blend mine. Some people like it chunky, but I actually blend it. It is absolutely delicious. You can just serve it with a bit of parmesan on top and it freezes really well. It's just so healthy. Now, the only downside is, Leanne, when you have to make soups from scratch these days, they're quite expensive because a good quality stock plus things like celery and leek are not inexpensive. You know, it's not shy of 20 bucks sometimes to make this soup, which is not inexpensive. So there are plenty of pre-made veggie soups that are great on in the supermarket but if you're sort of inclined, you're happy to spend the money or head to the markets like I do to buy your celery and leek at much cheaper prices. It's a fantastic soup. We'll pop the recipe up on the Nutrition Couch Instagram page. And yeah, it's a must-have if you need to shift a couple of kilos quickly by replacing a meal or two with a soup and it's really delicious. So that you'll add this to your repertoire. The detox soup. What you should rename it is the third trimester of pregnancy soup where you're starting to build up all of that fluid. Fluid (laughs) on your ankles. Actually, when I was pregnant with the twins, so my actual weight went from, I think I started at 68 and I held it below 80 for most of the pregnancy. And then in, I had the twins at 36 and a half weeks, but in the last month it went up 10 kilos. I was like 90 (laughs) kilos and it was all fluid. You should have seen my legs. So yeah, I don't disagree. (laughs) It's a good choice. The third trimester detox soup. (laughs) Yeah. Also good for the blood pressure. (laughs) All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the nutrition couch for another Wednesday. If you haven't done so, please subscribe and make sure you're following us on socials on our Instagram and Facebook page. We have our new takeaway guide on our website at thenutritioncouch.com and we've got two new guides very close to being delivered. I'm not going to reveal what they are this week. I think by next week I'll be ready, but I'm promising you they are our best yet. So watch out for those and have a great week. Catch you guys next week.